Locked On Bulls, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, a show for the most passionate fan base in the NBA. Covington playing Levine, topside three ball, bam! Onions, baby onions! Zach Levine in the Bulls! Your number one source for Chicago Bulls news and stories. Levine to White, this time he gives it to Williams for three. The rookie! What a shot! Host Jordan Malley and Matt Peck dive into the best Bulls news and stories around the NBA. Jordan Malley. Jordan, great to see you. Through our 670s score scope. Yep. Where is he? And it's right over there, Bill. Are you flat out kidding me? Matt Peck used to do a great job with the Bulls Outsider Show. Now he's doing Locked on Bulls. There he is, human former. Oh, don't mess with the boots. The Weiss's crossover. Cal Spurred if Lee goes. So kick back. I'm not. Relax. I'm not. And get ready for the best hour of your day. Uh, you know, I'm not. You can just see the vibe. And these guys are men. Locked on Bulls starts now. I love it. Pass to Levine with a right-handed jackhammer slam. Oh, my goodness. That was filthy. Here are your hosts, Jordan Malley and Matt Peck. I'm getting out the dancing shoes. What's up and welcome into Locked On Bulls, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Jordan Malley, along with me is Matt Peck. Follow us on Twitter at Jordan C. Malley, at Bulls underscore Peck, and at Locked On Bulls. Hit us up on our text and voicemail line, 331-979-1369. Drop your text, your voicemails, anything you got for us at 331-979-1369. Today's episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the app and join us this week, tomorrow actually. Right around the same time, we're going to be taking your mailbag questions so on top of dropping us a voicemail or a text come join us live tomorrow on locker room locker room changing the way we talk about sports matt welcome back uh unfortunately not a great day to be a bulls fan uh just because we're on a losing streak right now it seems like people are frustrated with the way this team's playing if it's not the defense it's the offense and I don't know. I don't have a clear answer, but last night was atrocious from the offensive end. Before we get into all of that, how you feeling otherwise? What up, Jordan? What up, Bulls Nation? Yeah, um, definitely a little bit of a reality check, a bit of a wake-up call after that fun little three-game winning streak we had. Man, I mean, you know, some fluky things have happened um, in these losses and, um, you know, I think Daniel Tice did a good job describing things uh, after the game um, on on Monday night, say, you know, one, one night we do well with taking care of the ball and, and cutting down the turnovers, but we can't hit a shot like the Bulls were, were pretty cold last night. And then the nights when we're shooting and, and hitting our shots, we're making the other mistakes. We're, we're, we're turning the ball over. We're not playing with the same level of engaged uh, intensity on the defensive end. So they're, they're still just, you know, getting, you know, four of seven or three of seven boxes checked every night. And and that's why you see them continuing to lose these games. Yeah, I was looking up the team stats across the NBA over the last week and just I wanted to see where the Bulls sat. I knew it wasn't going to be good, but I didn't think the Bulls were bottom three in points per game. Uh, I mean, that's how bad that they are struggling. And it's weird because you look at their field goal percentage. They're right around mid, middle of the road. But like you just said, like Ty said, the, the nights that we we can hit buckets, we can't stop anybody. And that was this weekend. And then we come into this week, we see Memphis last night. And Memphis is a really, really good, young, physical, defensive team. And they were like the refs were letting them play. And I know the broadcast even said it early on the game, but I felt like guys were getting bodied left and right. Uh, but that's 
that's one of those teams, man. They were sneaky good, and the Bulls needed everything to beat them last night, and they didn't. And now we fall into this window in this trap of, oh no, are we going back to what this team looked like pre-trade deadline before that mini-win streak last week? Uh, uh, there, it, it seems like there's a teeter-totter effect, and I don't know how to ride this wave to the rest of the season because I don't know what the answer is to solve some of the big issues this team has when Zach isn't putting up 40 or 50 a night, and even when he does, the Bulls are losing. So I was frustrated, man. I was frustrated with the way the Bulls played last night. It was, again, the same thing as, like, Zach... If Zach can't score and he's getting blitzed, doubled, and triple teamed, then it's like everybody else just stands around and waits for something to happen. It's just... It's infuriating as a fan. It is, man. Um, you know, th- there's a lot that we can question. There's a lot that we can be frustrated by. Um, I mean, like, how do you lose to Minnesota, dude? There, But uh, again, like I said, there's some fluky stuff in there. The, the Minnesota was 25 of 25 at the free throw line. The <laughs> Ricky Rubio hit free five threes. Throws. Ricky Rubio, who's not even shooting 30% from downtown this season, who was four of his last 29 spanning eight games coming into Bulls-Wolves, Went went five of six. I mean, like, what the hell, man? Like, I feel like the Bulls are just getting a combination of bad luck and still trying to figure all of this stuff out. Bulls fans are not very patient um, by nature, from what I've learned following this team. And I, I get it. Um, we finally have a new front office, a new coach. We've got some new pieces to the roster that people wanted to see make some magical turnaround in the back half of this season. But the reality is that they're three and seven since the trades and nine of those 10 games have been on the road. Seven or eight of those games have come against playoff bound teams. Some of those are against the elite of the elite. And those were close losses, not blowout losses. So I know it's hard to keep everything in perspective. And I know that we want to see these wins start coming. And even like, you know, to, to to suffer a loss on a night when Zach drops 50, it's like, come on. I thought we were done with this crap. I, I get it. But I am still trying to just maintain my focus on the long-term picture that knowing AK and Eversley have a lot of different plans in place. They have plans A, B, C, D through Z for what they're going to try to accomplish this offseason to make this team better. And I'm not worried about this silly little play-in that now players and coaches and owners are all calling out as stupid after we saw the latest tragedy of this season with Jamal Murray tearing his ACL last night. Awful, awful, awful stuff. I don't give a shit about this 7-10 through play-in and whether or not the Bulls are there. I'm thinking long-term, and I think that most Bulls fans should do the same. For the guys that are going to be here, though, they're going to they're going to care about it. Zach Levine cares about it. He even bust his ass this entire season to try to drag this team only to come up a little bit short. Uh, so I can understand like the short-term frustration this second half is giving Bulls fans, but I think that's okay, too. It's like finally, I think for the first time in, in what, three or four years, Bulls fans have something to believe in a little bit. They have a team to believe in a little bit. And some of the success we've seen early on in this season. So it's frustrating when you when you acquire better talent and it's just not playing out short-term in front of us the way that maybe we wanted it to. Uh, but they got it. They got to fix whatever is going on with the offense. They've got to try something new. And maybe Billy's just out of tricks right now to try to mask part of the Bulls' biggest holes, which is Zach Levine not dropping a ton of points. Who else do we go to? That was the issue before we made the trade for Vooch. Now after, it's like now we need a third score when Vooch and or Zach aren't on the floor at the same time. Part of the biggest problem, Matt, during this losing streak, 
the Bulls are the worst team in getting to the free throw line over these three games. The Bulls were only attempting free throws, 14.7 free throw attempts per game over this three-game losing streak. It's worst in the NBA. You're not going to win many games if you're not going to the free throw line, and then on the other end, you're not stopping anybody. So uh, look at how many, like you had mentioned, look at how many free throws they allowed the Timberwolves to have. Look at how many free throws Trey Young had in the Hawks game. That is extremely frustrating as well. And again, part of it is like Thad and Zach, we just talked about late last week, them expressing and getting teed up for their frustration of not getting calls either. So it's a combination of a lot of things going wrong for the Bulls right now. And that's why I didn't really buy in last week when the Bulls beat the Nets with two out without two of their stars and the Raptors had eight guys active. It was like those wins are needed and we need those to get to the playoffs, but they they weren't super impressive wins if you if you think about the context of those. No, um, and, you know I, I've seen a lot of Bulls fans complaining recently about the officiating, and it seems like the Bulls as a team, Zach Levine as an individual All Star as well, just not getting any kind of respect from NBA officials, and I I do see some truth in that. When you talk about the free throw discrepancy against Minnesota, all of the free throws the Trey took in the game against the Hawks, it's still there, you know. And and Zach has been more vocal about it as he should be. Billy Donovan has started to harp on refs a little bit more as he should. Um, you know, I think that people have a, a lot of issues with NBA officiating across the board this season. I was going to say, yeah, it's um, not just a Bulls problem because I remember Donovan Mitchell. How about Donovan Mitchell bitching uh, like a month ago after the game that they lost that they said was BS? It's like, okay, take a yeah, look at the and, Bulls and how many ways that they lost because of the officiating down the stretch. And, you know, the Kyrie Schroeder double ejection from the weekend and just yes. all, you know, it, refs, NBA refs are getting out of control, man. And there's, you know, I think they're trying to get a little too much attention on themselves as opposed to letting these players play. Um, but then, you know, on the flip side, it seemed like things were getting a little uh, a little choppy uh, between the Bulls and the Grizzlies last night. And you saw, you know, Valanciunas draw a tech as that game went on because he thought that there were some double standards going on that they were letting them play a little bit. And then he got called for a ticky-tack foul. So, you know, it's it's all chaos. It's always chaos. When, when you talk about the, the jobs that the officials are doing and what kind of effect it's had on your team. But I certainly, I see what Bulls fans have complained about, and it is frustrating. Jordan, we've we've got more to talk about, including some interesting words from Bulls head coach Billy Donovan with regard to the recent slump of their rookie, Patrick Williams. We will get to that later on in today's show. First, though, I wanted to tell our listeners about rockauto.com. Chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. Rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody, and they're reliably low. Rockauto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than changing prices based on what the market will bear like airlines do. Rockauto.com is for everyone and doesn't require membership or account login. They've got everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic car or your daily driver, get everything you need in just a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. So go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Be sure to write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. 
This episode is also brought to you by Locker Room. Locker Room's the first social audio platform made for sports fans. You guys have known about this for a few weeks now, as Matt and I did our first couple of Locker Rooms. Our first one kicked off with a trade deadline special. We were the number one as we were going live. We were the number one Locker Room in the NBA channel uh, while we were live. So it was a lot of fun. You can join us live, too, if you have questions. We've been taking questions at the end of our locker room. You get a sneak peek in what it's like when we are live, when we're actually recording the episode. Uh, So tomorrow, we are going to be live again on Locker Room, and we're going to be taking your mailbag questions in like an overtime version of mailbag, where 15, 20 minutes of our time, you guys can step up, speak, have a conversation with us, ask a question, uh, and just join the chat. So go download the Locker Room app right now. The app is free to download, and once you're in, you can talk with us. fans, athletes, and insiders in real time about your favorite teams or sports. Like I said, we're going to be hosting again tomorrow. We'll be on Locker Room probably around, I would say, 2 or 3 o'clock Central Time in the afternoon. So we will tweet something out specifically when we are live, so you have a chance if you want to jump in and be a part of the conversation, you can. So again, go download the Locker Room app right now on iOS devices. Make sure you create a profile and go follow Locked On Bulls, the Locked On Podcast Network, Jordan C. Malley, so you know exactly when we're going live every single week. Locker Room, changing the way we talk about sports. Uh, Matt, so one of the other big conversations that has been, I feel like, I feel like the fire on this conversation has been ignited over the last couple of days, and it's getting to a point where I don't know exactly. I feel like I, I side more with what Billy Donovan said in postgame yesterday, and it surrounds Patrick Williams and more of his offensive efforts of recent. I've said it is bizarre, but not too bizarre for a rookie to have to hit the rookie wall, and especially the role that he's played on this team so far this season. But it seems like it's come into question a couple of times this week and becoming a recurring conversation. Before we hear from Billy Donovan, did you have any do you have any issues? Do you have any anxiety? Anything like that surrounding Patrick Williams in this recent uh slump he's been in? Yeah, of course I did. Um and I did until I heard Billy Donovan speak. And then I told myself to chill out. I mean I think it's just with all of these, you know, lottery picks that this organization has made over the years since the Jimmy trade, we want every one of them to hit so badly. We want every one of them to be that guy and be that guy, or at least have, you know, overflowing evidence and proof that he will be that guy in a short amount of time to save this franchise, to get them back to a level of respectability and com- uh, and competitiveness in this league. And I don't know about you, but as I have soured on Lowry over the years and certainly recent months and was never a big believer in Wendell and was never a huge believer in Kobe being a franchise changing kind of talent. I am drinking the Kool-Aid again from the things I've seen from Patrick Williams as just a 19 year old rookie between the physical traits that are already there, the intelligence basketball IQ wise, especially on the defensive end, that's already there. And the potential you see on the offensive end with such a smooth, high-arcing jump shot, the, the mid-range game, the corner threes he's knocking down, and the fact that sometimes he puts his head down and attacks the basket like a madman. It's all there. And so when he doesn't have these string of games where he's getting double-digit points, double-digit rebounds as a starter, we're all saying, hey, what's wrong? What's wrong with this 19-year-old rookie? Why isn't he taking over these games or at least contributing more? And I was having 
those little mini pop-ups and flare-ups of anxiety worrying about my my new most important person in my life, Patrick Williams, in some of these recent dud games. And and then his coach talked, and I was like, oh, yeah, I, I need to chill the F out. Talks about his recent struggles, too, if there's a way to incorporate him into the offense a little bit better, and uh, just kind of reflects over the last couple of games. And I, I think it's worth listening to as well, Matt. And uh, I've got a couple of thoughts on the back end of it, but let's take a listen to Billy Donovan yesterday after the game. Yeah, I mean, maybe a little bit, maybe a little bit. You know, there's been a lot of games. Um, you know, I don't want to speak for him because I haven't necessarily had a conversation with him to have him articulate that. But, like, the first play of the game tonight was for him, you know, and he came out and, you know, he made the right play. You know what I mean? He just, you know, he, he tries to put the ball on the floor. He tries to create when he can't get there and he gets cut off. You know, he, he, makes, the, he makes the right play. And, um, you know, at, at 19 years old and, you know, 40-plus games into his rookie season, I mean, for him to, you know, we put him in some pick and rolls tonight, you know, where, you know, he, he could do, do, try to do some things, but, like, he, he's going to make the right play. And um, when the ball finds him, he cut back door a couple times, or, you know, I think one time we found him for a dunk. Um, you know, he got a, a three off. But, yeah, I mean, he's not – I mean, I think when he does put the ball on the floor, you know, if he can't get to the paint, I mean, he's looking to make the extra pass, which which I don't mind. Um and listen, I think with the way our team is right now, certainly the ball is being fed and being posted a lot more than, than it was, you know, uh, prior to, uh, you know, the trade. KC, go ahead. Billy, how do you think uh, Lowry's adapting to his new role? Uh, in terms of what do you mean, Casey? Just, I mean, he doesn't seem obviously like he's getting a lot of shots. And I mean, he's career low three shots tonight for each of the last two games. I know he's in a different role, but just overall, where, how do you think he's adapting to it? Yeah, I mean, I'll look at the game tonight, you know, just to see what kind of shots we generated. You know, I, I felt like a lot of our looks from behind the line were pretty good. Um, you know, I get it. I get it. To, you know, fourth game in five nights. And we did try to go inside, but they double teamed a lot. The ball got sprayed back out. But, you know, back to Lowry, I mean, last game, you have 30 assists and shoot 51 percent from the field. I'm not really concerned about Lowry in terms of it's more about our team. You know, I thought we missed him a few times and I made that comment in the huddle that there were some times in transition, there was some guys penetrating where we could have sprayed it to him. Um, I thought he, you know, made a couple of drives where he tried to get downhill a little bit. Um, but again, I think the ball's going to have to generate offense for Lowry. And, and we tried to, um, you know, run a few things for him coming out of some timeouts. But to me, it's not necessarily about Lowry or Patrick. It's about how is our team functioning and operating. And I think that, you know, if we're going to score 117, 120, 121 points as a team, and we're going to have, you know, 28 to 32 assists, and we're going to shoot 51% from the field, and we're going to shoot, you know, 38% from three. I'm, I'm not I'm – I'm going to look at the whole team stats more, so I'm going to look at the individual stats. So tonight was just a night where, you know, we they, they took away the post some, in terms of some double teams and stuff. It was a really hard-fought physical game. Um, points were hard to come by, I think, for both teams. Um, and I don't think either team shot up particularly well from three tonight. I don't want to single out Williams. He's a rookie. He's just a teenager and obviously he's got a lot to learn. But I think he had Grayson Allen on him. And it isn't part of playing the right way, taking advantage of your matchups, and especially when your team is suffering offensively, you know, trying to get more involved. Absolutely. But I'm just saying, Sam, when he goes and he drives the ball and he can't get to the basket, what, what do you expect him to do? Like, you know, I mean, I, I don't love him trying to rise up and shoot over guys at 15, 17 feet hanging on him, you know, with non-paying twos. And, 
he's going to have to get it, you know, inside the framework out in transition, maybe some offensive rebounds, maybe some of those things. But yeah, I mean, he's got all the freedom in the world to be as aggressive as he possibly, you know, wants to be. And, but I do think he is the kind of player that is going to try to play the right way, you know, and no one is necessarily holding him back or telling him not to shoot or make plays, but when he does get the ball, does try to put it down and he gets shut off. He's trying to make some plays. I do agree with you. There was a couple of times tonight where he passed it. And I think it maybe led to a turnover where he probably needed to probably, you know, maybe take it all the way or try to be a little bit more aggressive. But, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not worried about Patrick. He's 19 years old. He's played an enormous amount of games. It's our fourth game and fit five nights. He is, he is, he is, I'm sure I'm going to speak for him. I'm sure there's a lot on his plate right now that he's dealing with. Um, but I, I think for someone for, for, for anybody to expect him at 19 years old to be taking over NBA games, I think is probably a little bit of a stretch right now. He's going to have some good moments and some bad moments, but I don't think he's evolved into that kind of player. I hope someday he'll evolve into that. He's not that right now. The, that last 30 seconds there, Matt, is like perfectly summed up. He's not... He's not playing bad. Like, even statistically, he's not playing bad. Even this month, he's not playing bad. The problem is, is the sample size isn't big enough. He's just not involved. Every game, statistically, if you weren't watching games, it looks like, oh, Patrick Williams not playing that bad this month, but he's not giving himself enough opportunities. I told you this at the beginning. I think that this frustration and this spotlight on Patrick Williams' offensive game and the disappearance of it is a combination of Lowry being taken out of the starting lineup. It's one offensive weapon out. And I also think, too, it's just the struggle to find somebody else besides Vooch or Levine to score, and nobody else on this team can find any consistency to do that. Whether you talk about Sadoransky, Valentine, White, Markinen, whoever you want to talk about, none of those guys are giving you more than 10 points a game. I think Tyson and Thad, I think, are the only two other guys in double figures over these three games where the Bulls have lost. So that's, I think, part of the spotlight on Patrick Williams and why people are being a little bit more critical than maybe they were a month ago. Yeah, and again, I I mean, thank you, thank you, thank you, Billy Donovan, for not only coming to the defense of your you know, number four overall pick, your rookie, who has shown you all kinds of promise this season, but for explaining it in a way that is just so simple and logical and correct, like to members of the Bulls beat who were asking questions that legitimately the fan base had started to ask and wanted the answers to. What's wrong with Patrick Williams, right? After a stretch of a few games where... His box score looks a little empty and he hasn't, you know, made any wow kind of plays that we are already accustomed to seeing, whether it be insane blocks on the defensive end or impressive stuff on the offensive end. He's like, guys, this, this kid's 19 and he's playing so many games right now, way more games than he's ever been accustomed to playing either AAU or his one year in college. I'm throwing a lot at him you're not going to see him take over games. And it's just, I, you know, I'm hoping that the person who heard that the most and took that to heart the most last night, Donovan's comments was Patrick Williams himself to be like, look, dude, you're doing great. As far as, you know, what, what I want to accomplish is my rookie year. Yeah. I've had a couple of tough games here recently, but coach thinks I'm still on the right track. And coach is telling everybody to chill out 
after a few games that were, you know, quote unquote, lousy or uninspiring, whatever. I mean, there are so many other elements to what plagues the Bulls right now. But honestly, and I'll tell you this, Jordan, when we were watching the Bulls uh, Grizzlies game Monday night, my favorite stretch of minutes that I saw from this team included Patrick Williams being on the floor. And it was the start of the second half. Sadoransky had just picked up his fourth foul, like mere seconds into the start of the third quarter. So he goes out. Troy Brown Jr. takes his place. And you basically have like Zach running point with Troy Brown Jr. And then Pete up Thad and Vooch. That five, including a active and engaged Patrick Williams, is some of the best minutes I saw the Bulls play Monday night. So even if he's not giving you the box score stuff and the highlight real plays stuff, he's still progressing just fine. And just fine would be putting it mildly. He's progressing very well. I don't disagree with anything that you just said. And the funny thing is, is you bring that lineup up and you know who they missed the most? Because Donovan even talked about, like, what's the what's the theory with the idea behind closing with Troy Brown recently? He's like, that's just that's all the options the Bulls have right now, especially with defensive consistency. Uh, I think they miss Garrett Temple, especially in those closing lineups. Go back a couple of months and think about when the Bulls were consistently winning games and actually closing games. Who was in the game at the end? It was Thad, it was Zach Levine, and it was Garrett Temple and Patrick Williams. Those four guys were on the floor all at the same time to close those games. And then it was mixed between Kobe White and Thomas Sadoransky. But I get Garrett Temple isn't like some superstar that's going to come back and light it up. But he's also an important glue piece to, I think, what the Bulls want to accomplish this season and the way part in the way that they're able to win. That being said, Matt, I, I'm not concerned with Patrick Williams at all, but I do have a couple of questions for you beyond just what Billy Donovan talked about with the recent struggles, because there's two things that I got out of it that I don't know if you're thinking of the same thing. Uh, I want to ask you that in just a second. Locked on Bulls is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. The NBA, the NHL are in full swing, and Major League Baseball is just getting started. Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV, if that's your thing. Real time updated odds and props on almost anything. You can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. So head to that website, betonline.ag, or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with promo code LOCKED ON. Bet Online, your online sports book experts. Man, Jordan, I had a I had a tough night last night. Um, the only thing I hit on was Grizzlies minus two. <laughs> I, I don't know why I had no faith in the Bulls, but I was like, man, if we can't beat Minnesota, how are we gonna beat John Moran and the Grizzlies? So uh I'm, I'm done betting hey, the Bulls props. I'm done for dude, a while. I'm done. Oh my god. Yeah, and I, my Bulls, my Bulls same game parlay uh missed because pff, just a dud from Sato, man. I, I, I took him for four-plus on rebounds and assists. Dude had just a bunch of fouls and not much else. It was a bad, it was a bad night, but at least I cashed in on... If, if the Bulls can't win, at least I'm going to make some money off of them, man. It, it's every night I go through that same 
theory. Okay, is it going to be a Patrick Williams night? Is it going to be a Thomas Sadoransky night? Or is it going to be a Thad Young night? And usually I end up picking the wrong out of the three. So I'm just, I'm done. It was a Thad Young night last night, but man, I I wish I had put some money on Daniel Tice getting 15 plus points. Seriously, I think the books are a little scared of putting Tice props out there right now because he's been playing so well. Um, But you can do that every, you can do that at Bet Online. Um, I got, here's my one question from that, from that latest piece from Donovan after the game. Does it make you question at all, like what the Bulls pitched to Donovan before coming, like coming here and and being the head coach and their vision for the five years that he's here? Hearing that and thinking about some of the lineup changes and some of the things, the decisions that he's had to make about young players this season alone does it make you think more and more that Donovan was pitched to the ideas like we want your success to us in our eyes, the Bulls front office and franchise is get this team back on track to winning, not necessarily developing players. I don't know if that is that something that you've been thinking about or do you think it's more so because these guys are picks from the old regime and it's it's part of the old development and he's not truly concerned about that or maybe a mixture of both. I mean. I think that AK and Eversley made a really damn good pitch to Donovan because he's here because Donovan's plan was to take some time off after getting home from the bubble and see his family and just kind of relax and figure out, okay, I I think it's pretty clear that, that, you know, I'm parting ways with OKC and, you know, maybe I'll take a year off or maybe I'll do this and, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give myself some time before I think about any of that. And AK comes just barging through and says, "No, excuse me, I'd like to talk to you. And I'd like to talk to you right now. You need to come coach my team." And clearly, that was a good pitch. And I'm guessing that, in essence, AK said to Donovan, "Come coach up and eva- help me and help my crew evaluate what we just inherited, and try to get some of these young pieces to get better." In, their, in your first season at the helm. And then from there, gradually, we will decide what pieces we like and what pieces we decide that we can move on from. And we're going to try and start winning right away. To me, like, you know, I wasn't in the room, but that's what I would have assumed is what AK said to Donovan based on the evidence. You know, they, they didn't steer into the tank. And, you know, I don't know the way things are going right now. Maybe they should have, but... They went out and acquired talent. They added talent to this team at the trade deadline and started shedding some of the players that they took a half a season to evaluate and said, thanks, best of luck to you. You don't fit into our plans moving forward. So, you know, when it comes to to minute stuff like this, like Donovan talking about his 19-year-old rookie and what's working and what's not and where they go from here, you know, I, I, I think it's, pennies in the pond compared to the big picture scheme of why Donovan is here and the vision that AK sold to him. That's my exact question is like, is the, what they see as success here. Ultimately the championship is number one for anybody, but realistic goal is where do they bulls want this team to be? And how do they project success from Billy Donovan? Is it by being able to develop players for the next step? Is it by just straight up winning whatever you have to do at all costs and even if it if it deters from some guys from being able to develop as players i think 
seeing some of the moves that Donovan has made over the course of this season alone, whether it be deciding to bench Kobe White a couple different times, even including most recently deciding to bench Lowry Markinen, um, doing things that aren't indicative of being priority number one is to develop players. I think priority number one for this team right now is get back to winning ways. Establish a presence over the next couple of seasons that this team is here to win. That doesn't necessarily mean that the Bulls are ready and set to win a championship by any means. But I think the mentality and and the overall strategy and theme of this team now for the next couple of seasons is get this team somewhat relevant again. Whether that be a 4-8 to seed and then the problem is going to be a couple of years from now when we get to the point we were at where we don't want to hang in mediocrity anymore. I'm hoping it doesn't get to that point, but I wonder with some of the decisions that Donovan has made that maybe the emphasis truly is uh, on being able to win. And if it's playing veterans over guys that might need the playing time to develop, he's choosing the veterans in order to win. There's a lot of factors to it too. Zach Levine could be part of that, whether or not you want to keep him happy and keep him here. I just think I got like a, I don't know, it's not just from that clip, but it's overall thinking about the the moves that he's made, uh, the decisions he's made in order for the Bulls to win. And so I think people should keep that in mind going into the summer even, thinking about the way that they're going to attack free agency and even just take a look at the trade deadline too. What they what they did there is our first example of, of the path that I think the Bulls are going to be on short term. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm with you on that, man. Um, Jordan, before we get out of here for the day, I wanted to take a quick moment to recognize a crazy number that I just saw on Megaphone earlier this morning. Um, do you know what today is? Do you know what this episode that we're just rounding out right now is? Mm, Oh, I think I do. This is episode number 1000. Damn. That is wild. We were just talking about that a couple of weeks ago, and it snuck up us, snuck up on us. It so snuck fast. up on us, man. I was like, "Oh crap! I think we're getting close to it." And I looked this morning, and it was nine 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 in our list of episodes. I was like, "Oh shit!" That's pretty crazy. Uh, the founders of Locked On Bulls, Cody Westerlin and uh, and Sean Hyken. Sean Hyken. Both of those guys did the first 200, 250 episodes here, but you and I have done 700 and probably 700 episodes plus together. You combine our debatables days too. We've probably done well over a thousand episodes, but it's crazy. Uh, three and a half years later, it's uh, it's crazy. A thousand episodes. So anybody who's been with us since day one, thank you. And thank you for continuing to listen to us every single day. Absolutely. And so I, th- I think between celebrating a thousand episodes and also, by the way, we've got more cool stuff coming your way. We're going to do a test episode uh, probably tomorrow. And then maybe even by Friday this week. We have some content coming for you guys on YouTube. Locked on Bulls is one of the first shows on the entire Locked on Podcast Network to dive into the YouTube content pool. We're both really excited about it. Um, Our page, our channel is already up there on YouTube right now. We don't have any videos uploaded yet, but you can go and subscribe. Just search for the Locked on Bulls YouTube channel. Subscribe to it so as soon as we start, uh, cranking out video content episodes on YouTube. You can get alerts for that. So between this 1,000 episode mi- milestone and uh, wanting to uh, you know build up our, our subscribers on YouTube, we should probably be doing some kind of giveaway here in the next week or so, right, Jordan? 
I think so. So yeah, stick, stay tuned. All right, that's going to about do it here on Locked On Bulls. Hit us up on our text and voicemail line, 331-979-1369. Drop your text, your voicemails, anything you got for us at 331-979-1369. Thanks to our friends at Locker Room. Again, if you don't have the Locker Room app, download it right now. And make sure that you turn on your alerts. You follow us at Locked On Bulls. Follow the Locked On Podcast Network so you know when we're going live. We will tweet it out, share it on social media as well. But make sure you download the app so you can join us for a special mailbag tomorrow. For Matt Peck, I'm Jordan Malley, Bulls Nation. Have a wonderful day. Be back tomorrow with a fresh episode. For Jordan and Matt, we are out. Deuces. Locked On Bulls, a show for the most passionate fan base in the NBA. Hosts Jordan Malley and Matt Peck dive into the best Bulls news and stories around the NBA. For more content and to stay up to date, head over to LockedOnBulls.com. Thanks a lot.